I haven't been on the screen. I haven't had any kind of real like interaction with any BMX brothers in a while. And here it is. We're doing it. Dude, I Craig Grasso, you guys. Um, so first first off, uh, you know, Craig, Craig's not with us tonight. Craig's actually uh having a really awesome time with his lady. And so uh congrats to Craig having a great time now. Um, we had the opportunity to interview another Craig, Mr. Craig Grassroots Grasso. And I jumped all over this opportunity because Craig, you were, uh, I mean, easily top three influential people in, in my personal life. And I would say, uh, easily and easily in freestyle, dude, easily in freestyle. Um, and, and we'll get into that. Why? The mark that you left on BMX and and freestyle BMX, uh, and where it where that lies today, uh, I think everybody owes you uh, uh, just a thank you and a you know at the time you paved the way and I don't think you even had any idea because we didn't have any idea we were just like man let's go ride bikes and and that's kind of the vibe that that happened at that magical moment but. Dude, tell hey, you me. Know, hey, you know, Isaac, you know, first yeah. what I'd like to say is I want to thank everybody that even gave me an opportunity in sport to be who I was able to become and who I still am today. I'm a regular BMX brother that loves BMX, has always loved BMX. And, you know, BMX has given me everything that I have in life. And, you know, the struggles that I've had in my life is I always referred to back to BMX and and reaching out to old old school brothers that really, you know, had that love to be like, Russell, man, listen, man, this is the way it is. You know, you're, you you got self-worth, you know, you, you don't even understand how many people got love for you. And it's like to hear you say that really touches me because I had so much love for anybody that gave me an opportunity in this sport. And uh, to be the influence that I had on people and people on Facebook and, and, and Instagram are like, yo, dude, Ross was a legend. I never even would that title right there to me just is like unbelievable you know when i see how the how the the sport has progressed from just what i started you know and i think i could say that you know confidently that some of the some of the 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 attitude that i started when you look at some of the guys riding today dude my jaw still drops when i i just can't even believe the progression and i'm just grateful to still be alive to talk about it you know there's some days that I didn't, make, I didn't know if I was going to make it. So to be with you today is just like an honor. It's yeah. it's, a, it's an honor to have you. Uh, I mean, Craig, I, as far as like when you talk about like what you created and you talk about, I, I want to get into this in a minute, but I also want to preface this with just like for folks that that are tuning in that are like, you know, bike life folks that maybe don't know the history. You've heard of Grassroots Grasso. You've heard of Craig Grasso, but you don't necessarily understand why everybody talks about Craig the way we do. Um, so, you, you know, you had a ramp ride. It blows me away, bro. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but it, it really does. But I'm just here like, like I just want to go like, yo, dude, you blow, I mean, you guys blow me away. Dude. So, so Craig Grasso was a, uh, I remember you as a ramp rider uh, and always in that, gosh, man, it was a style you, you, Nick Phillip, Craig Campbell, um, uh, Anderson, 
Like everything you did was extended and stretched. And I, I don't know if that was because of who you rode with, but it was like, there was a style that was just like, you saw it and it was different than just a pose. It was like, it was, every trick was turned up about, and this, this is obviously an old person, you know, reference, but like the amp was turned up to 11 on every extension. It was just a different style of writing. Now, because I had a passion for everything I did. And what what I think separated me is I, we have discussions that we've had in the last few days is I was the kind of writer that if I was at a spot, I might have had a photograph that I never, uh, a trick that I never even did before. And it was such a spontaneous situation. I'm giving everything I have at that particular moment because it was just the passion I had for writing, you know? And if, if, when I felt, you know, I could feel and I can envision something, I'd do it, you know? And that's really what, I think that's really what separated me from like the men from the boys back in the day is that when people rode with me, they just, gosh, will do that again. I'm like, yo, now I'm onto something else, you know? Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah, like I was trying yeah. to impress anybody. I was just, I was out there. And if you had a camera, because there's probably a hundred, a hundred things that I did that are, are going on today that I had already done. You know, that no one even even recorded. But it wasn't about that. It was about, you know, whoever was riding with me, we were influencing her, we were empowering people, we were encouraging each other to just really, really create. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. for the so, love of the so sport, for the love of the sport. Let, let's go. Uh, so so help me go back because because in my memory, dude, I, I remember, I get, it's just, you were, there was an, some type of interview uh, and, and it was all about like, you know, tell it was like up and coming people. And all I remember was, and I love this dude, because all my friends, I had, I had two groups of friends that I rode freestyle with, um, my buddy, Ron, who loved metal. He was like rocker. Right. And then I had my other friends that had hip hop and it was like, all it was two live crew at the time, like two live crew and two short. Right. And like, you know, run DMC and LL Cool J. And then. I read an article and you were like, uh, I want to say, dude, you said Susie or maybe Bauhaus was your favorite or Joy Division. One of those three bands at the was like your favorite band. Probably and I was, was like, Susie the Banshees at the time. Probably. It, yeah. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And I was like, what is that? So not only did you, you influenced music because it was like, at the time, man, it was either metal, you were either Slayer. Or you yeah. were too short, and there was no, there was no yeah, in between. Dude. There was a photograph of me like looking like Robert Smith from The Cure, dude. Like one of the first photographs I ever had with my I was in high school. I had my little, you know, creepers on and my little tight fucking <laughs> like uh, uh, yoga pants on, dude. I was like, I was like thirty years before yoga pants, bro. <laughs> dude, and, and, dude, and with it like was safety pants. Cool photograph and. You know, I, I, you know, what's crazy is that photograph started to be on this like weird fashion, like, um, like people from the fashion industry were like contacting me to do like fashion shows. And I actually did a fashion show in San Francisco, um, called the Passport Fashion Show. And dude, this was with like Elizabeth Taylor, Fabio, some of the most like iconic fashion people. And I organized a complete like freestyle run with, with Dave, uh, with uh, Danny Scow. Uh, Hugo Gonzalez, I mean, not Hugo, but Oscar Gonzalez, some people from the uh, Ozone team, me, and dude, it was just like one of the funnest experiences ever, and to just be a part of, like, being able to, that, like, diversify into a whole nother 
um, area of profession was rad. And then doing the, the, the commercials, the Levi's commercial, the soapbox stuff. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the soapbox commercials, but I helped start like this uh, this uh, illegal soapbox society in San Francisco. So if you type in it on the Internet, illegal soapbox society and uh, part one and part two, you'll see some rad, some rad stuff of just, you know, grosso, dude, just being grosso, you know, just like, yep. like loving it. I want to say about 20 minutes into the the first episode uh, was there's a re like a pretty insane clip, dude. Uh, of you on a yeah, it, dude, it looked like you, you were on a twenty-inch dude, right? Yeah, you you were so you were a bicycle messenger on a twenty-inch. Yeah. On a twenty-inch, bro. And, I'll let uh, that, that. I'll let that, that settle. I'll let that settle for a second while people yeah. just kind of fathom that. Uh huh. Go ahead, dude. The <laughs> only bike messenger on a BMX. In, oh, in San Francisco, by the in way. San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. No, dude. I mean, you don't even know how much mad like. Dude, mad respect from the bicycle community, bro. And I was in a band out there with a homeboy. Actually, I got in contact with my old dispatcher from Executive Courier that I worked for, and we used to be in a band together. I'm going to be going up to Portland and uh, and and playing music with him, bro. Like, it was so crazy. He just contacted me on Facebook a couple, like, uh, freaking uh, two weeks ago. So That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's just crazy how things, like, evolved, you know? And, and, and it's just good. You know what it is? Go ahead. If you have friends, they're always your friend. You know, like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the friends, the friends, the friends that you make is as there's there's I, I there's like milestone friends. There's friends yeah. that are there when you, when you change chapters in, in your in your mm -hmm. world, and and you might start a new chapter and a new chapter, but you always have those those you know pillar friends that are in there. Um, but dude, so. Let's go back real quick, just to kind of set the set the a timeline of some sense. Yeah, you you were a lot of people didn't know you were sponsored by SE like SE. Let's yeah. let's go back My to your first sponsorship, bro. How did talk me through that? Talk me through so, that. Here I am, dude. I'm like you know I, I'm just being a like a like a little uh, rat, you know, like a little like skate rat, BMX rat, and um, I used to hang out with this. Um, this uh this dude named uh Jamie uh Jamie Boney Boneless or something like that but he was crazy little skateboard um madman and uh we used to go down to uh, Hermosa Pier and uh I used to do flatland and um and just kind of tool around and be like just a cause cause havoc and dude one day Fred Blood comes up to me oh no 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 dude it started out as I started doing shows in Venice with Rodney Mullen what? Like, yo, dude, for real. I I was doing shows with Rodney Mullen on my BMX bike doing Flatland, right? And and Fred Blood caught, caught wind of it. Fred Blood, you know, was iconic in Venice for like the whole, you know, for being a, a roller skate madman. So he comes up to me and he's like, yo, dude, like, I live in Hermosa Beach. He's like, don't you? I, I think I've seen you in Hermosa Beach. And he literally, he literally lived like two blocks from, from Hermosa Pier. So... We get, exchange each other's number, and we get together, and do we start riding together? With no, within a week, bro, I had a new bike. I met Perry Kramer. I met Scott Bryhoff. I'm in the SE warehouse, bro, like designing like the kind of bike I want, dude. What kind of co paint color I want, dude? And they're all just like, "Yo, dude, man, we love you, bro." And they were just like, "Dude, I'm like me, like I'm just like this little kid, bro, like <laughs> literally like 14 years old." 
And he goes, he goes, yo, but we saw you at Venice Skate Park. I mean, uh, we saw you uh, in Venice. And I'm like, what do you mean you saw me? He goes, yeah, man, we uh, we, we seen you uh, riding with uh, Rodney Mullen. And and uh, Fred Budd mentioned you. And you're like, yo, let's get him on the team. Dude, and then I win the fucking Venice Beach overall um, vert, vert contest with uh, 1985. One of the fucking raddest contests ever. I was doing Flatland. I was on SE. And... Um, Fred Blood was was the person that got me on the team. He was the one that was like my manager, and I, I owe so much to him because he's the guy that, you know, really brought me to the trade shows, brought me to the companies, got me sponsored, you know, took me to the contest. And, you know, and Fred Blood, like, you know, a lot of people don't really understand him, you know, and he wasn't really known as like a, you know, a, you know, a really good writer, you know. He was kind of um, – you know, but the th- the three or four tricks that he invented that he did, he was good at, you know, and he was right, just like a right. really good marketing guy. And, and uh, that that really set me off. And I used to ride at Paramount Skate Park, which is right down the street from SE Racing, their their uh, their main hub in Paramount. And um, dude, that that just brought back some rad memories. And then the, and then the cover of Freestyle Magazine with. Todd Anderson doing that one footer and we're right in the like front parking lot. I'm, no one even knows I'm in that VW. I'm like this, like going, yeah. Like, you know, and, and Todd Anderson's like tires, like right over my head. It's just, it's so rad. That was such a rad thing, <laughs> time of my life. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. And if I can find that cover, I'll put it up on the screen and I'll point out, Hey, that's what you're talking about. The, yeah. the, you know, look for, yeah. if, if I find it, you'll see it on screen right now. And SE um, was really like the, like the, just, I mean, think about it, bro. Here you are coming into the BMX world, and you got the most. I, I'm meeting Scott Bryan. I'm meeting fucking Mike Devitt. I'm meeting meeting all fucking Perry Kramer. Like, dude, what more do you want? Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here just going, dude. I'm fucking on the SE. I'm in the fucking welding shop right now, picking out the fucking the bike I'm gonna have and what color and shit. Yeah. It was just like, uh, I mean, it was just like a dream come true. And then, so, so there was a time I'm, I'm going to fast forward to one of my favorite, we just talked about chapters. One, I think this is, I would argue that the, the, the moment I'm about to describe was the turning point when freestyle, we, we, we gave freestyle back to us because, <laughs> okay. And I'm going to describe, you know. So freestyle started. We all loved it. We had a great time. We then it turned into a lot of uh, contests and sponsorship and and contests and sponsorship and contests and sponsorship. And so uh, the pressure on kids, it, it, kids at the time, uh, was just immense. And you know it, it overwhelmed a lot of people. And then you had the ultimate like flip off to to that whole establishment that everybody it's like the moment everyone stopped and cheered and it happened at the enchanted ramp and walk me through that day and then what happened because i think like the my ogs my ogs know exactly what we're talking about my og followers know exactly what we're talking about let me tell you about that particular day it started off as a regular day of just thinking I'm going to be, you know, 
I'm riding for General Bicycles. I had a new sponsor, you know, and then, you know, I was with, with RL and, and, uh, and Fred Blood and Todd. I mean, I, everyone that was on SE, bro, got just went, like, kind of went to General. And uh, it was like Todd Anderson, who was a ripper, you know, at the time, uh, RL, Fred Blood, myself, um, and Pete Carney, a couple other people. Anyways, Pete Carney, man, one of my all-time homeboys, man. We, 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 had, we had so much fun together. So here I am. I'm driving my uh, 1964. I love classic cars, bro. I was always into, like, crazy classic cars. So I'm driving my 1964 Fleetwood Cadillac, cruising down there. You know, uh, I, I think I even had, I don't know, I, I think I might even had Seppi with me or something in the car. I can't even remember. I know, but, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing the thing. I get down there, dude, right when I get down there, my radiator in my, in my uh, caddy just blows. And I mean, dude, I don't got a dollar in my pocket, no, nothing, bro. And, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, whatever. I'm seeing Matt Hoffman. I'm seeing all these motherfuckers just go crazy big. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, you know what I mean? The fucking Matt Hoffman and his fucking no-footed fucking flip kick, whatever the fuck he does, like crazy shit. You know, he's rad. I, I got mad respect for him. But, you know, you're like, you know, you're doing three or four foot airs and fucking six foot airs. And your highest air is like a little one footer or seven foot one footer. And you're like, yeah, dude, I pulled that shit off, you know? And uh, so I'm down there. I'm fucking looking at my car. I'm just fucking radiator fluid everywhere. And um, the place is packed, and, you know, a couple people were like, yo, dude, you're fucked. <laughs> I'm, like, yo, dude. I'm like, dude, I'm literally like two hours from my house. And I'm riding this shit like that, and I'm just like, fuck, man. I'm talking to Seppi. I'm like, yo, what the fuck am I going to do, bro? Because Seppi is like my longtime homeboy. Seppi Mays, man, I got mad love for you, bro. If you're out there, I love you, bro. Um, and uh, he, he goes, and he just made this fucking weird comment. He's just like, yo, Grasso, listen, man, I got 500 bucks for you. You take all your shit off, man. Just fucking ride naked. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Like, didn't even think about it, right? Didn't even think about it, right? So I'm on the bottom of the Enchanted Ram, bro, with just my underwear on. And people are, like, looking at me like, well, he's just changing into fucking maybe some other gear, right? Yo, dude. And they're like, all right, Grasso. Like, come on up. Dude, I come up the fucking, I walk up the platform. I'm looking at the crowd, dude. And people are, like, literally, like, I'm priceless, bro. Their faces are priceless, bro. And I just fucking pull my pants down, bro, all the way down. I roll in. Dude, Wendy Osborne is, like, fucking going crazy about getting to try to get the cameras together and shit. She's like, she's got all this shit fucking shit. I got to drop in and do a couple airs. And, like, the third air is that classic photograph that was on Agro Rag, right? I mean, just doing, like, a little carve. And, dude, I still have that. I still have that photograph. I send it to people all the time. And, uh, dude. I'm doing can-cans, bro. I'm doing no-footers. I'm doing look-backs with my sack hanging out, dude. There's a photograph of Seppi Mays on the – I mean, and I think I even Dave Volker, and they're just literally like this, bro, bent over. Seppi just like, oh, my God, he's cracking out. This shit coming off his face. You know what I mean? People in the crowd are just like, oh, my God. Parents are fucking grabbing their kids, fucking trying to cover their eyes and shit. <laughs> so I'm fucking busted out. And, dude, I, I, I get done with my run, and just it just was so loud, bro. It was like being in, like, a freaking, like, a Super Bowl. It was so loud, dude. So crazy. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what did I do? And I'm like, Seppi, you better fucking give me my 500 motherfucking dollars, man. I need my money, <laughs> right? Oh, dude. Like, dude, I got you, bro. I got you. Don't worry about it. And, dude, all of a sudden, here comes fucking Matt Hoffman's dad. Dude, looking like Benny Hill. Shit was so funny, dude. He was just like, 
running after me and I'm dodging it and I'm dodging between other people behind me on this shit. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> and you're still, are you still naked? Dude, I'm still fucking naked, bro. I'm, I'm trying to get, trying to find my dick. Cause fucking Seppi took my underwear, bro. I couldn't find it, dude. I'm like running around trying to find my shit. Bro. I just had to go underneath the ramp, dude. People are still dying, dude. Dying. And then all of a sudden, because fucking Matt Hoffman's dad was so fucking furious. He was like the only one. He was like the only guy that was just like, he's like, you motherfucker, you fucked up the whole sport. You're gonna fucking, you ruined everything. Like, I mean, he was like, I don't know, like, yo, dude. Dude, and then all of a sudden it was like, it was like a posse, like the Grasso posse, and then the fucking, like, the one fucking dude, Ben Hoffman's dad. And we're like, yo, dude, get, let's step, get away, man. Step back, man. It's not that serious. Oh my God, dude. All my sponsors dropped me. Everybody was like, fucking Grosso, what the fuck were you thinking? Are you fucking stupid? Like, dude, I was getting phone calls from everybody, dude. Like, how soon how soon did they call? Huh? How soon did the phone calls start oh coming in? Oh my god, bro. Within the next day. Yeah. Right. I had you guys under, understand there wasn't cell phones back then. Understand no, that. I mean my blue, my 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 parents, man, when I got to the house, my parents were like, What the fuck did you do? You act are you trying to ruin your career? <laughs> like, I'm like, mom and dad, you know what, man? Fuck it. I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. You know what I mean? This whole shit is bullshit. It's all a bunch of bullshit. And everyone, all they give a fuck about is this, that, whatever, and sponsored. You got this and that. I'm like, you know what, dude? I said to my dad, I said, you know what, dad? Let me tell you what's going to happen. Bad publicity is good publicity. You're going to watch. Watch what happens. Because I'm going to take this to a whole nother level. He's like, all right. All right. I understand you. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> That's what my dad told me. <laughs> Yo, so, so rad. So, you know, and it come to, come to, like, dude, not even two months later, bro. Everybody wanted to sponsor me. Everybody. I was like, nah, I'm good. Nope. Fuck you. Fuck you. I started just wearing my own shit. I started riding my own way. I started fucking just fucking putting stickers on my bike that I wanted. I, fucking, I started riding for fucking Susie and the Banshees. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so it was different back then. I mean, because, because, yeah. I mean, it changed this... the whole sport, bro. It changed it... the whole sport. They completely it... changed that day. Everybody said, "Yo, I love Grasso fucking rules." Like, and everyone was just like, "Fuck it." That was that's, like that's really like. Day. That's a day that leathers stopped. That's the day that no one wore jerseys anymore. That was that was yeah. the moment where everyone said, "Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore." Um, and, and, to be and a that's part of that revolution, bro. I realized how powerful it was, and how just how much like built up passion I have for the sport, and the built up passion I have for just not wanting to conform anymore, not right. wanting to be like told like I had to do this and had to fucking go here, and, and I was just it gave me an opportunity to really start being who I wanted to be. Yeah, a writer, man. I, just the, for the love, the sport, the love of my art, the love of my music, and be like, you know, I can. You know, here's here here's the bottom line, Isaac. I can only be who I am. I can't be anybody else. I don't want to be anybody else. I can only be who I am, and that's what that's what happened that day. Yeah, I mean, but what was it like before that? When it was, I mean, was it literally like you have to be here, you have to be there, you have to be? Was it? Was it that rigid for, for it, you? It was it was really it was really bizarre. Like there was like, you know, like 
you had to wear this. You had to have an ODI sticker here. You have to have this. Make sure that you have, like, you know, if you're doing any tricks that you have your, you know, your sponsors uh, visible, you know. And and it was really about, like, making sure that, you know, everything was in the right place, you know. And all the colors were right. And, uh, you know, did your color match your bike? Like, you know, I mean, it was just it was it was strange. And then RL came up to me one day, man. He said, Grasso, he goes, I want to I want to tell you something that I think is going to really help you. He says, you're already a great writer. You, you know, you're always good. He goes, I'm going to tell you something about my father and my sister. If you go to a photo shoot, wear what is going to represent who you are. Represent who you are about. Make sure you have good colors. Make sure that you're just like, because I don't care what you did to the Shannon Ram. I think it was fucking awesome. But you know what, dude? You have a style about you that's going to take you to a whole nother level. He goes, just be who you want to be. You have you, there's something about you that is so different and so valuable you don't even see it. I mean, Ariel Osborne told me that, you know. Right. And and he was just like such a mentor to me, bro. Like such a such a friend, a mentor, and um, and a friend. Well, dude, he did the same thing if you really think about it, because like he was he was if you remember he was like redline RL rad, right? Yeah. Then it was then it was general. And you started to see him, you know, like he got a little bit more tank top, you know, yeah. and yeah. then the same thing, dude. But you got to remember, we all had the same shock. We had the sticker shock of the enchanted ramp and the yeah. naked run. And then we had RL came out with and boom, RL had dreadlocks and uh -huh. where he had the braids. Yeah, he and was always biting. He was always biting me, though, bro. Yeah, you know, he was. But, he was, but he was no, but. But he was giving you advice that he took himself. That's yeah, the beauty exactly. of it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like I said, I got mad respect for RL. I never talk anything about, bad about him because he's just he's uh, he's just been such a legend in the sport. And he was actually somebody who I looked up to. And to be on the same team with him, I mean, that was just like it was like a, a kid's dream. You yeah. Know? What was what was uh what do you, what like do you, what tell me memories you have of Bob, Oz? What was he um, like? You know, Bob Oz uh, and I, we, we had very, uh, a very brief um, interactions. Um, he was just a very serious guy. He was just uh, always kind of in, uh, you know, in the upper, upper part of like uh, Wizard Publications. He wasn't around very much when, when I was kind of coming in. You know, he right. was kind of on his way out, like as far the as like, being, like, years. Yeah. a man, you know. So yeah. I don't really have any real interactions with Bob. It was really just like, hey, Grasso, you know, hey, what's up? Like, I never... I never. I don't even think I had a photo shoot with him ever. Oh, yeah, that's I crazy. Never had a photo shoot with Bob. Was it? Was, was it weird? Team. Was it weird working between like uh, Plus and BMX or, or Plus and freestyling? Was that? Was I that never. Weird? I never even. I never even really did a photo session with BMX Plus. I because they, they were my people. It was weird. Like I, I, I have to assume you were in Plus, which is why I asked the question. Probably yeah, some. Con it's probably from some contest or something like that, but. You know, um, um, hold on a sec. Yeah. Uh, you know, BMX Plus, I think it was Brad McDonald and, um, maybe John Carr. Yeah, it was John Carr when I, when I was, I remember John Carr, you know, yeah, most of the and time. so I, I've done some photo shoots with John Carr and I, I, I don't remember really being like really present in BMX Plus. I mean, I know I was in it a few times and, um, but it was in a different area. And I was so like, my peoples were like Lou, AJ, Spike Jones, and being right. a part of the club homeboy, like whole thing. Yeah. 
that was like, you know, I worked for Club Homeboy. I represented Club Homeboy. And, um, psychotic, you're psychotic Larry too, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a deep reference, you guys. That's a deep reference. Uh, maybe do your Homeboy, uh, I don't know, freestyling research. You don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but so, they were just my peoples, Isaac. You know what I mean? They just really were the people that were like, dude, because I was, I played music with Andy Jenkins. I, I mean, I, 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 I was a, always at Lou's house in Gork yeah. and Gork and, you know, and uh, we just, we just, we just got along. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was a part of their, their organization. Right. And um, right. It, it was, it, we had, you know, weekly meeting spots. We'd go to the spot, do Flatland, do riding, do, do sessions. And that was way before. Like, uh, you know, Peter Gustin came in the scene out in uh, Redondo Beach and yeah. Chris Day and stuff like that. And, you know, let me tell you something about Chris Day, man. I know I just want to give him props because that dude, I'd never seen anybody kill it on a mini ramp like him. Like, dude, I've never no seen one even anybody knows do that about Chris Day. No one even knows that about Chris Day. But, I mean, I rode with him. And he was one of those guys that was, I, I feel was one of the most underrated riders that, that in, in the sport at that time. Uh, I would, I would agree. I would agree. I never say I, I, that's first I've heard of him doing mini ramp. So, but I mean, coming from you, absolutely. I will, I will a hundred percent believe that. Dude, and, I and... sessioned with him on mini ramps a couple of times. I just left. <laughs> I'm like Chris, man. I'll see you later, bro. Yeah. I gotta, I'm going to go practice. <laughs> yeah. Know? I'm like, I'll, I'll see you later, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, that guy, he had the best, he had the best boomerangs in the game easily. The, yeah. Those flail boomerangs. Yeah. It's like he, he, it's like his, his hips weren't connected to his spine because yeah. he would just float like in his body. Yeah, he had turned. a gymnastic kind of, he had a kind of like a gymnastic kind of style about him on, on those particular tricks. But there's yeah. a lot of things that he did that I saw that, that, you know, he wouldn't even really like show people, you know, he just yeah. wait till it was like, like game time, you know? Right. But yeah, and uh, he and he's just like not even really a part of like kind of contacting people and stuff. It's kind of weird. Like he's he's hit me up a couple times on Facebook, but you know, Redondo Beach and Hermosa Beach was really where it all started for me, and really because there was so much to ride, bro. There was right. so much stuff to ride out there, and so many things like schools and embankments and trees and drop offs and you know ditches and shit. It was just it was just phenomenal for anybody who wanted to 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 BMX and. You know, it really started out for me with um, Ascot, BMX, in Harbor City. Harbor City was a place I used to race, and I started out, really, I started out as a racer. Like, really started out, like, 10, you know, 10, 11, 12, and that's where I met Seppi Mays. And we've been friends, bro, for a long time, man, Seppi and I, so. Um, Harbor City Harbor still has a big BMX scene, dude. They're, they yeah. still have a big, a, they have a big, big bike scene as well. Um, So, dude, so what was i mean i'm these i'm just asking you questions that i always wondered man yeah, what was what was riding for vision like tell me like what was i mean did they what did they approach you and then did like this is that a question i've blood always deal. wanted to know <laughs> yeah that was a fred blood deal um um people don't even know bro i'm gonna go back a little bit i used to do shows with gail webb Dude, I, I didn't know that, but everybody did. Eddie, dude. Scotty, Martin, everybody started with dude, Gail I Webb. Used to do, dude, I used to ride that same ramp that Mike Dominguez used to ride, bro. Gail Webb was the raddest, bro. Oh, and dude, we all, we, all kiss, we all kissed the ring of Gail Webb. Like, she is the godfather dude, of freestyle. She was, 
Dude, I, I, I even, I'm still in contact with her. Like, I, 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 like, I hit her up. She's like, Rasha, what's going on, dude? Like, she totally remembers me, bro. And it's just so rad because I was such a little kid. But it was a Fred Blood deal. Like I told you, okay. Fred Blood is, like, solely responsible for, you know, uh, all of it, bro. Even, like, um, like, uh, shit, what was, dude, I just totally lost my train of thought. We were talking about something before I went Vision, to get yeah, with yeah. So, so like, what was it like for for riding for Vision Streetwear? I mean, oh yeah, was it yeah, like- Vision Streetwear. Vision Streetwear was, um, it was, uh, it was. You know what? They really supported me, man. They really, they, they, they. It wasn't like money, but anything I wanted, bro. They, 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 they would just like flow me, flow me, and flow me everything that I needed as far as clothing goes, and and as far as uh, Brad Dorfman was, you know, he was kind of a strange cookie, but um. They treated me good, man. Yeah. Did you know, they let they Did they let good. you be you? Did, yeah. They treated me good, and, and they they we even did some limited edition T-shirt stuff, you know that 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 was out on Vision that that was pretty cool, you know, and and I love that because like I've had, always had control over my artwork. I've always had control over like, listen, man, there, I I only want thirty five of these shirts out. I only want fifty of these shirts. Out. I only want ten of these shirts out. You know, right? Because right. I've always wanted people to have a one of a kind piece of my art you know i didn't want them to be able to go into a walmart and pick out a fucking same shirt that some kid down the road has i always wanted someone to be like yo dude where the fuck you get that shirt right right and it's and it's 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 because it's just part of my whole my whole deal man you know i I don't want my shit to be like i want it to be exclusive always yeah yeah. it's like the naked run (laughs) (laughs) what about what about uh okay so but but vision let you be yourself and it's it Absolutely. felt like ozone i think ozone kind of let you just be grosso as well right yeah but you know nick phillips man i don't really got love for him bro to be honest with you i'm gonna say that right now i don't give a fuck what anybody says man he ripped me off a lot with a lot of my artwork a lot of my shit and um you know we had a we i just one day bro he just didn't talk to me bro come to find out he's selling all my shit in in, in japan making all kinds of money i'm not getting shit and uh you know even though I had mad respect for his artwork in the in the earlier days and what he was doing, we were friends and shit like that. But dude, that dude, that that dude took took my artwork and just fucking ran with it. That's a bummer, dude. I, yeah, I've never heard bummer. that either. Yeah, well, you're gonna hear it right now, homeboy. <laughs> so, so you, so I mean, but you were cool with Nick back in the day. Yeah, this man. You know, like, I mean, something I, happened it's like after crazy because we lived in San Francisco together, bro, and like. He wouldn't even talk to me, bro. I would call him up and shit like that. He was just like too good for me, you know? And it was just like, you know, dude, Nick, fuck you, bro. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we like, we, we had all this history and shit and you, you got some stuff going on and you got some things going on with Japan and you've got some shit coming out. And now it's like, we, we, you, you said you won't even associate with me. I mean, I, I swear to God, I just want to slap that motherfucker when I saw him. <laughs> I yeah. swear to God. But, it's hard. dude. You know, like, it's I, hard. I mean, it's like, I'm I'm not a hatred kind of guy. I got no hate for him. It's just like you know, it's, it's just people have their 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 like desire and their focus and their and their drive, you know. And sometimes people just they don't care who they hurt in the in the process. So yeah. you know, it's like I I still got mad respect for him and love for him. I hope he's doing great. It just you know, there was a time where it was just like, yo, dude, what the fuck is going on with my shit, man? Yeah. You know, but it's it's hard. It, I. For me, I think it's hard because you you, and this is just life, right? But and like, I might have been just so stoned, bro, and so fucking whacked out on fucking you know chronic 
you know, I didn't like maybe I just was just like fucking didn't give a fuck, you know. I mean, like, but as <laughs> as the time went by, the fucking smoke cleared, and I, and I was like, yo, man, what the yeah. fuck is going on with my shit? Yeah, what do you, you know, what do you mean? I, what do you mean I told volume. you you could use everything? Yeah, huh? I mean, dude, what, like, what do you mean I told you you could just have everything? Yeah, for, exactly. You know, <laughs> we Rochambeau, we we did a Rochambeau for it, and I don't remember, exactly. it, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, but, you might but, be right, bro. I don't know. I was so fucking stoned at that time at the time. I didn't know what the fuck was up. Right. Um, but dude, I mean, I'm but so, Ozone was a rad, I read I read a rad uh, team to, to ride for, and it was just to represent Ozone and and um and those guys really like was where I think the Grasso like uh legend started. Uh to really like take off and really kind of because a lot of the rad shit and a lot of the stuff that like photographs. And uh, or, or me riding on ozone, you know, where yeah. I was really my, at, at the top of my game. How many of those? How many of those did you break, dude? For reals? <laughs> uh, only like two. Okay. Yeah, I fuck. Well, I, I snap. I snap forks all the time, man. Yeah. Frames. Frames were, were, were. I think I, I fucked up some some uh, weird chain stays, and the head tube popped off one at one time. But other than that, it was, I was I was cool. That's pretty impressive, dude. I. So, you know, growing up in NorCal, dude, we all had Ozones. And, yeah. uh, dude, I remember that my 16th birthday, uh, getting my driver's license at 10 o'clock in the morning, immediately asking my mom if she could drive me to the Ozone factory because I had heard through a friend of a friend of a friend, if you just show up there with 100 bucks, they'll they'll give you a bike out of the warehouse. And I was like, yeah, I, I want it. So. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, get this. Because it was like whatever, 88, 87, yeah. uh, we didn't have we didn't have GPS on our phones. So I went to the <laughs> and my mom my dude, mom's like it's hard to find, bro. Dude, so dude, I even got this. lost trying to go there. <laughs> I I get a map, I I drive from from Stockton all the way to San Jose through that traffic at 16, scared as fuck. Because it's no, the first time I've driven on the freeway. Dude, I'm driving on the freeway scared. Uh, I find this warehouse. It doesn't say ozone or anything like I imagined in my head. And I, I just basically walk up to like an, a back door that's open. And, uh, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm here for, is, there, is this ozone? And they're like, yeah, hold on one second. And I'm like, I'm standing there with a hundred dollars, like in my pocket, I'm 16. And I'm like, this is, this is the start of every after school special about Timmy gets kidnapped and raped. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> The yep. sketchy warehouse, right? But but thank God I'm good. Uh, I did actually get an ozone for a hundred bucks, uh, and then that's how that's how basically all NorCal got ozones is what, yeah. what I, my belief, you know. Uh, and then uh, it, it was it was one of those iconic bikes. I ha- I I mean, have you seen the Colony Repop of yeah. them? Yeah, dude. I, I bought one off. Of, so I bought one uh, from my buddy Poor Boy Steve. Um, yeah. who started Poor Boy, Steve. Yeah, I know, um, I know Steve. He, he actually did a Grosso shirt. He did a, dude, uh, the Grosso. Yeah, I know, I know Steve. Dude, he did, he, have you seen the Grosso tribute bike? He has the, the colony, uh, he has a colony uh, Grosso tribute bike. No, man, I haven't seen it. I'd love to see it. Actually, I, I, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to get one. Dude, it, I, will, I will do everything I can to, to, to get you on one. I, I have a set of the colony uh peregrine Dude, i don't have a bike right now bro my bike got fucking stolen bro you don't even know like it's uh-huh. so fucked up dude like I-, I swear to god I-, I would kill the motherfucker who has that bike dude 
Are that's you, kind of the reason why, like Mike Day, like I'm just like Mike Daly, like was such a such a rad dude and hooked me up with a bike, and I, like right now, I just have to just let him know that like the fucking bike, I don't have the bike no more, and I fucking, I I, I was at the desert desert Breeze skate park, I went into the fucking terrible uh, gas station, to get myself a fucking something cold to drink, and watch this fucking crackhead fucking junkie fucking riding down the street with my fucking bike, and I did. Dude, I'm fucking. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm still to this day, dude. If I was actually, I'm glad I didn't meet him because I probably would still be in jail right now. Because I, I was. I was that fucking furious. Well, that, you, when, know, the, you know the video I showed you of me riding the colony, right? That's the yeah, bike yeah. that Mike Diddy got me. And him and fucking Bill Bunning got it together, fucking for for me. And dude, I don't have a bike right now. I, I'm. I, I haven't fucking. I haven't dropped into fucking any skate park here or ditch in fucking like four or five months. Wow, dude. Dude, I'm dude, I'm dude, I'm like this, bro. Every time I yeah. go to a skate park, I'm fucking I start shaking, dude. Yeah, you know. I, I just want to drop in, dude. I just want to do a little backside bonus. I want to do a fast play. I want to do some abubacas, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you have you ridden any of the big bikes? Have you felt some of the like have you felt what it's like to ride like the 27, the 26, 29? Dude, I can't get one. I tried to buy one from SE, bro, and you can't fucking get them. I tried to talk to Todd Lyons. He's like, dude. Don't even have this conversation with me. I can't even get fucking bikes right now. He you know? can't. He can't. Yeah. And it's like, dude, in Vegas, they have such a crazy ass fucking Saturday night fucking bike scene, bro, with hundreds of them, dude. Hundreds of fucking PK Rippers, fucking OM Flyers, fucking big, big fucking bikes. All SEs. Yeah. All of them. Do you want to ride? Like, I'm like, where the fuck are you getting these bikes, dude? Like, do you want to do you want to ride with him? I'll hook yeah. it up. I'll 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 hook it up. So I I have a bunch you you have you have hundreds of of brothers and sisters in Vegas that ride out once a week. They'll go on a 20 mile bike ride and they will get they will loan you a bike every time oh, you want to come yeah, ride. Bro. You hook it up, dude. I'm down. I I, I I will I will absolutely ask I'll just put it on my Instagram. Hey, can anyone loan Craig Grosso a ride in in Las Vegas? For the next ride out, and someone will bring you a bike. I promise you, dude. I would make my fucking world, bro. That's that's the community. Dude, that's the community it, I, dude, that I swear have. to I swear to you, all you all you'll see me doing is wheelies and no footed wheelies, bro. Just like wah, 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 wah. yeah, dude. It's I went to San, dude. I went to San Diego, and uh, I didn't bring a bike, and th- like the riders in San Diego brought a bike from my for me and for my wife to ride. Good bikes, dude. Like. Really Yo, dude, good bikes. These, these these bikes are like no joke, bro. They're like thousand dollar bikes, bro. I see these guys all tricked out, all powder coated. Fucking, they've yeah. got like the uh, the uh, the LED lights going around the fucking rims and shit, dude. It's just like I, I mean, I the first time I saw this this like ride, dude, I literally dropped to my knees, bro. I'm just like, no. I started, I really, I, dude, I started having like a panic attack, dude. I was just yeah. like, <sighs> like is no. That, is that- is that what's it like, dude? When you see, like, if you're just hanging out, dude, it's you're unbelievable, out unbelievable, man. When you see it's bikes, so dude. many riders, and, and I mean, SE, I, dude, now when I was in Long Island, bro, I was in Long Island for like five years, man. And I first saw and met this kid who was sponsored by SE for wheelies, bro. Like, it started this whole wheelie scene, and that's what started this whole shit. It's like this wheelie scene is going on, dude. And this guy used to like, kick back like this with his fucking hand up on his fucking handlebars, bro. One footer, right? And just cruising, bro. And then dragging his hand 
on the ground, dude, doing a wheelie. And I'm like, yo, dude, that's fucking crazy. He goes, yeah, man, I'm sponsored by these motherfuckers. I'm like, yo, dude, I used to ride for them. But, dude, I was posting a shopping cart. I was all fucked up and shit like that. And he's like, dude, fuck you. You don't even know what you're talking about. Like, this dude, I'm like, all right. All right, so he... This is funny. So whoever whoever was sponsored by SE out in Long Island, what 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 uh what year was this? Like just recent? This is like uh, two thousand. I mean, this is like two thousand like seventeen uh, ish. Okay, two th- if you were sponsored by by SE in two thousand seventeen, uh, and you were out and you saw Craig Grasso, he yes he was yes he was sponsored by SE, and yes he is a legend in the BMX world. Yes, he's had. Look at me. He's like, dude, fuck you, dude. You don't know what you're talking but, about. <laughs> but dude, I mean, okay, but but it hey, was so cool. Bro. I just looked at him like, yo, bro, keep it moving, man. That's good. <laughs> dude, he was a sick rider, bro. I had to give it to him, dude. He he was dude. He was doing some shit on on a on a 26 inch, bro. That I just it was just so free form, bro. He was so That's relaxed. Fine. It was just so rad, dude. His seat was way low, and he had like this technique, bro, where he was like way over, like. The, the balance point and dragging his hand, dude, like with his foot on the yeah. bar. It was just like, so rad. Yeah, that's Flatland now, Craig. That's that's what they that's Flatland now. I know it's crazy. It's amazing, dude, to, to see like so. They're 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 still doing Flatland, right? And, yeah, and man, you know uh, Ruben Castillo, the third. Yeah, 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 bro. I, I, I I'm in contact. I was actually at a, a party with uh, David uh, Danny Hubbard's fucking birthday party in Huntington Beach. No Back way. Uh, fucking in like uh, 2019 with Xavier Mendez, fucking uh, Brian Blyther, fucking oh, John Povich, all kinds of rad people, bro. We're at this party, man. It was fucking awesome. I met up yeah. with fucking Brian Blyther, bro. He's fucking talking to me about all kinds of crazy ass fucking cop shit that he was fucking doing, like doing over the years. And fucking we were at uh, uh, Steve Bennett's fucking house fucking for his 50th birthday party. Then we went over to this other guy fucking then Danny Hubbard's party. That was this, rad, man. Xavier Mendez and I, we're in contact all the time, man. I'm supposed to be going to do some work for him and my gear, actually, do some carpentry work. Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, you, you brought it up a little bit. Like, you you there, you there have struggled. You've, you've, you've had your own little battles. Yeah. How are you doing now? Fucking awesome. Got okay. good people in my life. Stay away from people who want to bring me down. Fucking got mad support from my family. And that's the reason I came here, because my whole family's here. My dad's got 40 years of sobriety. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working with some rad people here. Just stay in focus, bro. Stay away from people who want me, want to bring me down. Yeah. And, um, and it's, uh, just, it's, it's, it's possible, bro. When you make a decision to be like, yo, you know what, man, I'm good. And yeah. that's really what it took for me. It's just like, I'm good. I, it's, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a demon and it's difficult. Like, you get and... to a point where you've had enough, bro. You just yeah. take a fucking. You're sick of the bullshit. You're sick of the fucking not having nothing. You're sick of fucking not being able to feed yourself. You're sick. Like you, you, you know, I think what happens is when you get to a place in your life and you really don't, you don't realize how many people really love you or how many people really care about you and want and want to, and want to be there for you. You know, you, you, you get to a place where you, you, you want to forget who you really are and who you represent and you, and you fall, you fall into this, like, like, you're okay. Like you, you, you settle for what you don't have, you know, and you right. start believing that that's, that's okay. And that's what got me into trouble. I just started believing that, Hey man, I, you know, I can panhandle uh fucking, I, I'm not worth nothing. I, you know, nobody fucking cares about me, you know, yeah. but yeah. the problem is, bro, here's what, here's what happened with me. There ain't nobody in this world that's going to care about you unless you start caring about yourself, period. You know, once you start caring about yourself, and want to and, and want to, to put the effort in to get to get well, 
then everybody comes out the woodwork. You know, everybody wants to be like, hey, man, gosh, man, what's up? Hey, I'm going to come pick you up. We're going to go bowling right now, bro. Hey, man, we're going to go over here. We're going to go fucking go for a hike. You want to come? You know, we're going over here to, you know, to go to the skate park, man. And uh, that's just kind of what it took, you know? It took yeah. fucking yeah. me to be like, no, nah, fuck that, man. I'm worth something, man. Uh, fuck that. I'm not doing this shit. I love that, uh, man. I, and let me tell you, let me tell you something, Craig. Um, BMX fucking loves you, dude. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever fucking forget it, that. It really touches me, man, because, you know, you get to a place in your life where you really don't understand how much love there is. And it gets me emotional because I have so much love for the BMX community for me not to reach out to people and, and, and be like, just be honest. Hey, man, you know, I was struggling at this time. Or, hey, man, you know, like, I need, I need a friend. And for you to even say that, and, and, and it, just, it just really touches me because it, it brings back so much, like, emotion of, like, how much love I've had and experienced in the, in the BMS community and the brotherhood. And just to, to allow, to me, st- to still be alive, to share my experience, strength, and hope with people about, you know, I've been there. I've been through it. And um, and there's there's some people like Dave Myra that, you know, Dave Myra who didn't make it, you know, right. and there was right. a time now I, I've seen that 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 the BMX Brotherhood's not not afraid to say, hey, you know, Isaac, man, I love you, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you this is this is this is why I love you. And this is this is the cool. And they don't mind, you know, putting on putting off, putting away the bullshit and just being honest with each other. You know, and like what you said, like, bro, so people got mad love for you. You know, you don't realize it. You know, Dude, now here's, here's the truth. Um, I mean, we all we all grew up inspired by you. We all grew up admiring. We all grew up, uh, you know, just feeling like you were part, man. Like, like, I don't know. You bridged you bridged a gap between uh, what I saw riding with my friends and what I saw in the magazine. And, you know, because we we didn't ride yeah, around. Well, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like we, you know. We didn't ride around in in our Haro leathers, uh, you know, and, and, oh, you and didn't? we didn't, yeah. <laughs> and so, 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 see, like you bridged the gap there, and 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 you made music cool, and you made just right. Like, if I describe now, here's this is a perfect I always example. Always played music, bro. That was off yeah. the off the fucking chain, bro. In contest, it was it always was. like fucking. It was always like fucking the Cure or Susie and the Banshees or fucking Bauhaus or Joy Division. It was always like. <laughs> What the fuck is Grasso playing, dude? Like, right. you know, here we go. Like, here's dude, a, what was that? <laughs> here's here's my here's my here's my uh my interpretation of every 80s AFA show. Ready? Here we go. BC Boys, BC Boys, LL Cool J, BC Boys, BC Boys. Yeah. Bauhaus and Grasso. <laughs> Run DMC, yeah. BC Boys, BC Boys, BC Boys. And it was always, dude. I was, oh, dude. I didn't care, bro. I was like, if I had my letters on, my hair was gonna be crazy. I had some fucking crazy ass shit on. My shoes yeah. might be fucking different. Like something, my socks might be orange. Something fucking was gonna come out that rugged uniform that was fucking who I was. You know, it was just dying to come out. You know. Yeah, yeah. I love and, that. I mean, and- it, it, even photos and fucking like. You know, BMX plus of me like fucking holding my hair all crazy and fucking looking like Robert Smith because, dude, that's what I was into. You know? Did you know? I had had, like, I had my fucking BMX fucking career like kind of thing. And I hate to say career, but my BMX passion. And then I had my fucking death rock passion. Like, I was like always fucking like my little fucking Honda 600, like, and I fucking had the little fucking dead, the fucking babies with the fucking little fucking uh, olive fucking spears through the thing. Um, All right, dude. Here's 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 another question I've always wanted to ask you. 
How did Club Homeboy start? You you were there. You had to you had to have been there. Dude, Club Homeboy started with fucking uh as like this one sticker, which was buckwheat. Yep. And the buckwheat sticker that said Club Homeboy. And it was really just a joke. And it was basically us at fucking Freestyle Magazine just doing like the zine, you know, and then and making like little crazy stickers for like just because it was all about like posting like graffiti. Like it was just like we stick stickers like all around, you know what I mean? Like you get like a pile of stickers and it started out as the fucking buckwheat sticker. I'm and pretty it, sure it, I have my membership card. Yeah. And then it was like, OK, well, listen, let's let's fucking let's put together a fucking you know, a membership card and do a club homeboy thing. And we'll do like a little scene that goes with it. And we'll do the, the Charlie Brown shirt. So the Charlie Brown shirt was like the first like club homeboy shirt. That was like really like iconic. I and, owned it. I owned it. Yeah. Dude, I bought it. We all, crazy, bought it. we all bought it. Jesus. I'm thinking about coming out with it again, bro. And fucking the grosser realm, dude, like for real, like just as like a limited edition fucking club homeboy fucking takeoff. You know, I was, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually. And, I'll, give, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Craig. If you if you design it, I'll sell it on the Big Bike BMX website. Fuck yeah! I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the profits for it. That sounds fucking rad, bro. I'll be on it, man. Like you, you'll, we'll be in touch with that. So anybody out there, man, I, I'm still doing shirts, man. I I, put, I produced three uh three designs uh, last year, and I got some other stuff going on right now. Like it's crazy because um I'm thinking about doing this one next. So anybody who's out there. I'm thinking about doing, can you see it? Yeah, dude. I'm thinking about doing that one. I'm not sure. But anyway. You should. You should. Um, there's a there's a, there's a a bunch of pieces of artwork I'm still working on. And uh, there's that one right there, peoples. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, the Club Homeboy thing was, um, it just, it turned into be just such a, such a rad um underground part of the freestyling because that was kind of like when freestyling and bmx was starting to die off and zines were getting smaller and smaller and fucking freestyle was getting smaller and smaller and club homeboy was just like a, a, an effort to kind of keep the vibe alive you know right uh, and you know i did the mail outs for them and i was i was uh you know contributing uh to to the, to the whole club homeboy thing and uh it it was Dude. a cool, it was a cool like club, bro. It was just like a cool part of the BMX history and and uh, the freestyle legacy. A hundred percent, dude. I mean, I remember you'd open it up and everybody was like, "Man, who's gonna get number forty three? Like, who was yeah. gonna get number forty three? Like, that was yeah, like the big thing." Like, that's you know? what was cool about it. We we made like this, you know, like it was really like kind of a, you know, when you when it's like a, you you jonesing for like, okay, like what, what am I gonna get this time, right? Yeah, dude, that's the way. Okay, so I'm glad you said that, dude, because like that's the way BMX was for us, dude. So the the world is was so different then than it is now. Now I can log on to Instagram, I can log on to YouTube, and I instantly see clips and what everyone's doing. Yeah, you guys, back when Craig, back when Craig and I were were when I was reading magazines, he was looking at mag or he was in the magazines. Um, you guys, you'd wait a whole month. Like you had one month to read like 60 pages, 20 of it was ads, 30 of it was ads. And then you're, you know, you had, you had, that was it. That's all the content you got. That was it. And so, you know, when we, when you hear us talk about like how we had posters on the walls, 
of our favorite writers. It was like, that's, that was it. That's all we had. So imagine you had, you know, one Instagram account that you could check that got updated once a month. That was the world that we oh, lived dude. in. People would fucking, people would fucking be kidding, committing suicide right now, bro. It was, it was, <laughs> it was like, such oh a crazy God, time. No. Yeah. And so like, when, when you look back, when you look back at, at, you know, let's say, what do you, did you have a favorite bike? Did you ever have a favorite bike that, that you, if somebody, if somebody's, and this is my, this is my gift to everybody that loves Craig Grasso. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity, all you fans of Craig Grasso to build the ultimate tribute bike. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, Craig, what is, what was your favorite bike that, that you remember riding? Uh, you know, my favorite bike, man, that's a really good question. I mean, it has to be the quad angle, okay. the quad angle by SE. That was like my favorite and, and, and like one of the most, just the geometry on that frame. Like when I was riding back in the day, it was a great ramp bike. Um, and, uh, I remember the first time I got one, I mean, even though I love the PK Ripper, that was one of my favorites. Because it was just so light, and I, I had this desire to have a race incorporated, you know, yeah. back in the day. And uh, then I got sponsored by SE, and I'm like, yo, this is like the, the fucking, the, like, elite of, like, the race inc. This is, like, the real deal. And just as I said, just as it said PK Ripper on it, it was like, yo, this thing is dope. So light. And then the landing gear forks, just like, yeah. yo, this is the shit right here. Then, All right. All right. What color? What color? What color was the quad angle that you had? What was your favorite? Like, do you remember uh, what color it was? Green. A green it one. It was like a. It was like a turquoise green. Okay. Like the color, like in the back of your, in the back of your, um, you know, the SE, the SE yeah. logo. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like that so, weird blue. So if somebody wanted to make a, a the ultimate Grasso tribute bike, it's going to be the uh, the bad boy blue quad angle. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. Now, um. If you look back, did, oh, oh, dude, I have to ask you this. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't forget this one, dude. This has been sitting on my mind since we started. Tell me about your favorite wall ride. Not, not, and it, it doesn't be, it couldn't, it doesn't have to be a wall ride that we all know. It could be a session that you had by yourself. No one was around. Tell me, describe your favorite wall ride that you remember. Dude, I'm going to tell you. The, the wall ride that you see a lot of the people, like Mike Crump just doing the no-handed, uh, you know, wall ride, and me me riding many many times on the Diamondback doing that, dude. That was the first wall ride that I ever did when I was like ten. I did a wall ride, bro, when I was like ten to eleven years old. I had a, I had a team, bro. Nobody really knows this about me, but I'm my people. You can look up Alex Silva, Ian Bonner, um, and Ricky Migo. I had a team that I put together when I was a young, young, young kid called Team Freestyle. And we were like the badasses, bro, in elementary school. I even did a show, dude. I, I organized a show in elementary school um, as a um, an assembly. Dude, it was so badass. And we, Ricky Migo found this wall dude we were doing wall rides bro back in like 82 
83 and we didn't even know what the fuck we were doing bro and then come to find out bro i mean like literally bro like 82 83 but we're like carving because there was a section of it where it was like a quarter pipe and you could right. kind of ride up it you know yeah. and come down and dude there's some photographs of my buddy ricky migo dude like still to this day dude doing a fucking wall ride and doing a one footer fucking cross up off of it and I had the fucking, I had the Polaroid, bro. And I, I have no idea where it is, but I think there's some, oh man, dude, I got to send you these photographs of me, bro. As and in team, like, like representing team freestyle, I yeah. wrote a letter, bro, to Skyway about wanting to sponsor the fucking, the team. Dude, they were so stoked, bro. But they did sent you get me any, like, did they do they it? Didn't sponsor, they didn't sponsor me, bro, but they sent me up some mag wheels, bunch of stickers, a bunch of teachers just like, yo, bro, we don't have enough room on the team, but we support you. We wanted to give you a couple of things just to show the gratitude. Thank you for writing you. Dude, I sent him all kinds of photos. And then there, and, and the guy was like, he called the house and he's like, listen, man, um, how old are you guys? And I'm like, well, I'm 11 years old and I, you know, I'm just getting into sixth grade. And, you know, I'm like this little kid, bro. My voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, like you're rad, bro. Like you guys are rad, you know? And it was just like, it was like such an empowering because my, my dad was like, you know, dude, why don't you just write to these companies, man? Why don't you just see if like someone, to, you know, to sponsor you? And I'm like, dad ain't going to sponsor me. Like, you know, he's like, listen, man, let's write the, let's write the, the letter together. And, you know, my dad was fucking awesome. He's still awesome to this day. He was always like, yo, dude, like do what you love to do. Don't worry right. about it. Like, you know, like the money will come like in life, like just do what you do best. Do what makes you happy. And that's, that's really how I, you know, even like when I told you I come back from the fucking Enchanted Rap and my dad's like, fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? But still in the back of his head, he's like, dude, I, you know, I, what can I do? He's, yeah. he's being who he wants to be. That's, so, you know, dad, I made me do now I'm a dad, right? So now I can see that where it's like, you want the best for your kids. You want, yeah, it's this juggling act, dude. It's so hard because you want the best for your kids, but at the same time, you got to let them you gotta let them be the, who they are. Yep. So it's it's difficult, man. I respect that, dude. But and I'm gonna you know, get props to my little boy right now, man. Anybody who can see that, that's my little boy right there. That's when he was a young little chap. He's got his nice. own clothing company. He's got his own clothing company right now called Psycho Candy, and uh, he produces music in Vermont. He's a fucking rad kid, 22 years old right now. His name's Brendan Grasso, and I've never seen a kid fucking kill it on a scooter like he did when he was that age bro he's he was killing it man there's of all course. kinds of stuff yeah there's all kinds DNA. of stuff on the internet about him in vermont uh like you know you just look up brendan grasso scooter rider vermont like uh, burlington vermont and you'll see all kinds of rad shit on him bro so do you remember like did you have a favorite uh you, like contest did you have a like what was your if you look back on your career what what are your book and what are your like what we talked about, like highlights of your of of your career. Do you have moments that you would say, "Hey, man, that was a great that was a great chapter, a great moment"? The or first, great one of the year. first meet meet the street contest, and I'm not sure if it was in San Diego, but it was. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that that uh, sequence of me doing like one of the biggest channels ever like ever in like a street contest it was like a, a 20 foot gap that was um that was like a sequence and there's a photo of me doing a backside bonus on the top of this box back in the day and i think i sent you that photograph it says grunge bmx yeah in that yeah. contest that was uh that was like by far 
my favorite, most favorite street contest ever because everyone was like not in uniforms. Everybody was just having a jam. And um, and I got to say, La Jolla was pretty fun, too, man, where Campbell did that 540 wall ride. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. That was one of my – and I'm doing like – they got a photograph of me doing a, a, a change day at Bubuka, doing a full-on cross-up. Yeah. One-handed cross-up. And, uh, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite contests ever, those those meet-the-street contests. That's rad. Dude, do you remember painting – I mean, do you remember going to those and, like, painting and all that stuff? Like – Doing what? Like painting the car. Do you remember? Oh yeah, fuck yeah, bro. I remember all that shit. Yeah. Have you have you read? One thing, have you read... Well, one thing I'm grateful for, man. All the fucked up shit I've done and put in my body. Like you know, I, I still got, I'm a, my, I still got a good brain, man. You know, my brain's still clear. My parents tell that. me that all the time, and my mom's like, "Yo, dude, how the fuck do you still like, you know, you're coherent, man? Everybody I know that's been on the street for fucking ten years is all fucking whacked out." I'm like, "Mom, because I never really took myself to that level." You know, I might have been on the street, but it doesn't mean I'm I'm constantly smoking or I'm constantly fucking, you know, trying to kill myself. I, I might be have three or four or five days where I'm just fucking depressed, you know, right. and just fucking just don't I don't know what to do. So and that's one thing I'm grateful for. But anyways, getting back to the meet street contest and shit like that and having a clear head. And, you know, I, I'm just I feel blessed. We're blessed. Really we're blessed that you're here, dude. I'll tell you that right now. Like, we're blessed to have you back. I mean. I seriously am honored to have you like just reach out because I told like I told you on the phone, like I'm a real dude. I've I've, I've been grasso my whole life. You know, you can call me, you can reach out to me, you can text me, you can talk to me about BMX. Um, I'm not I'm not untouchable. You know, yeah. I'm somebody you can call, you can talk to. If you got some problems going on in your life, dude, I'll be the first one to try to empower you. I'll be the first I'll, one. I'll, I never want to see anybody down. I never want to see a man down. You know. That because I've been that, there. That reminds me of uh, the story. I'm going to tell you the story face to face now. Um, I, I briefly mentioned it to you. So when when Grasso says, you know, hey, I, I don't, I'm I'm there for you. I don't want to see a man down, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story. So you had just talked about what it was like. You know, you're writing letters to Skyway. Yeah. When I was that age, I just got uh, I just got sponsored. I had been sponsored about eight months by a company called MCS and I had rode yeah, I remember MCS. Yeah. I rode a bike called the Styler, which was the really they both bikes were really funky, but the the one that you know is is the first one that I rode. And then they were dropping the Styler two and they're like, hey, uh we're gonna send you the we're gonna send you the frame. Can you meet us in Long Beach for the the uh, interbike bike show at the Queen Mary. Or oh by yeah, the I was Mary. there. You were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were there. That's why I'm telling the story. So, uh, and, and this is funny. This is again, eighties, you guys, uh, I went to Robbie's bicycles in Stockton in California. And I was like, Hey, are you guys going to Interbike? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, I, I need to go. Uh, can I, can I go with you guys? And they're like, hell yeah, you can jump in the, jump in the civic. So these dudes that I, I only knew from the bike shop, my mom has never met show up in the parking lot of my apartments. I'm like, mom, I'm going to, to Long Beach for the weekend for this MCS thing. I'll be back. And she's like, cool. See you later. Like that was the eighties, you guys. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's, so, so I, I got in this car. The same way. They're like, yo dude, get out of the house, man. Don't come <laughs> right. back. <laughs> right. Right. So, so, uh, so here I am, uh, in, in, I'm looking at Chris day. I'm looking at Robert Peterson, uh, who I knew from NorCal. 
Yep. Chris Day, I didn't know. And I love the NorCal um, crew, man. Yo, man, what love for the NorCal crew, man. I always got love for you. Hey, dude, we we NorCal was the was the it's everything to me, dude. So, yeah. uh, so here I am, and 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 I'm looking at Oscar, all these people if you're out there. Yeah, brother, I want to ride that <laughs> ramp. <laughs> uh, so I mean, but it was like Seppi Mays was there, dude. You know what I mean? And yeah. Here I am. I'm watching. I'm watching Seppi. Literally. I'm I'm on the outside of the I'm I'm right by the DJ of this of this jam circle. I didn't I wanted to be farthest from where you would ride in because I was like already intimidated. <laughs> right. And so I'm looking, there, at, bro. Dude, I'm looking at Seppi Mays and I'm also thinking I have this motherfucker's picture on my wall at home of him standing <laughs> on the front wheel. And here he is right here. And I'm expected to go out there. And, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm kind of, I'm doing this with my hands and I'm feeling my brakes because that's what I did when I was nervous. And then I hear, I hear somebody rides up and I'm not paying attention and somebody goes, Hey bro, what's your best trick? And I was like a boomerang and I turn and it's you. And I'm, I'm <laughs> like, so I'm like, uh, it's a boomerang, Craig Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, dude, that sounds like me, bro. Yeah. You're like, what's your best trick? And I was like, uh, a boomerang or a tail whip. And you're like, let's see it. And I was like, uh-uh. And you're like, no, dude. You're like, I'm going to go. And then you're going to go right after me. And I was like, all right. And so you went out and you did a boomerang and you did a tail whip. And then <laughs> and then you rode back and you're like, you're up, son. But it wasn't, not like, not like, but it was like a, you're up, son. You know, and I was like, all right. So I roll out. I did a boomerang and a tail whip. And that's all it took, dude. And then after that, like I had my routine, but that was all it took. And so thank you to you. Um, you don't like, it's funny no, to tell you, that story. Thank you to you, bro, for fucking responding. <laughs> but it's, it's funny though, probably, to, just you, to see you, that. You probably don't even know. You probably made my day. Oh, dude. I, I, for me, dude, it was just one of those moments where you're like, all right, man, I fucking love Susie and the Banshees now. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's what I was trying to do, man. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to freaking change everybody, man. I was trying to tell right. them, like, yo, what time it is, man. Yeah. So it's it's just that's the kind of that's the kind of writer you were, and so I think, I think everybody, uh, and I say everybody, but it's it's I think everyone that read those magazines and followed at that moment, dude. I mean, it it affected us to the point where, like, even like Brian Tunney, you know, like. We've uh, talked about this. Like he has the the Finding Grasso series on YouTube. I love that series, man. You know, I really do. I think it it just it's just amazing that you know that Brian would like take the time and and really like give me props, bro. Like it was just so rad, dude. Like and like, and really talk about it, do his research, and really be there. So cool, dude. Do you remember the first time you watched it? Did you like? Did someone? Dude, send uh, my sister told me about it. She's like Grasso. That she's like my. Dude, like, you don't even, you, have you seen this series this dude did on you? I'm like, no, like, that's, that's, what are you talking about? It's probably, you're not talking about me, <laughs> you know? Right. And she's like, dude, no, they're talking about you, bro. You got to look at it. And she fucking sent me the links, and I'm like, yo, no way. I, I call Brian Tooney, and I'm, I, I'm, like, trying to get in touch with Tooney. I'm just fucking giving him mad props on the internet, and finally got his number and shit. We talked a little bit, and, you know, he's been, uh, he's been uh, somebody who was blown away, you know, like, just talking to me and shit like that. It was cool. Yeah, dude. I Brian, Brian, I owe you, you know, like if if I ever see you, dude, I owe you a dinner, man. Cause like I wormholed on that thing, dude. Like I mean, probably three o'clock in the morning, dude. I found I accidentally found it like at one. And then I went through and I was like, I watched them all twice. 
I was like, yeah, yeah tell me where that's man, at. I watched it probably freaking 50 times already. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, just, like, and I've seen different things. And then like, you know, I, I, he's just, you know, he spent, he spent, he spent his, you know, he did his research, man, you know? So, so, I mean, it, it's, it's just one of those things, dude, that, that reminds me of like what your heart is like. And then seeing, seeing those pictures, like the, you know, the, the, that backside, that backside foot plant on the rock, dude. I mean, do you remember it? Do you, I mean, could you remember that when you see I that? I remember picture, that day. Remember I remember it. that day fully because I remember that like it was, I was so extended, right? Like I couldn't even believe it. And then I had to like literally do like a, uh, like a fucking karate move to get back onto the pedals. It was rad, bro. And I pulled it off and Spike was like, yo, dude, what the fuck was that? Like yeah. he was like, dude. I've never seen that shit before. I go, you're never going to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because people, so photographers will tell me like, um, that's what, like what, okay. So I talk about you all the time, dude, obviously. Right. So, um, I'll be like, you know, what was it like, what was it like filming Grasso? And they're like, dude, it was the hardest thing in the world because it was like, he did everything once. Like if you got it, you got it. They're like, but the best stuff that Grasso's ever done, you've never seen. Yeah, they're like we just didn't yeah. have a camera out, yeah. you know. And, and I, there were so many, there were so many photo sessions, bro, in San Francisco where I'd be dropping off these crazy drop offs into these fucking like uh, into like these driveways and shit like that, and jumping over, uh, jumping over things, doing three sixties over shit, doing doing big ass transfers to one eighties, you know, like just yeah. stuff that like that just it was like it was just so spontaneous. I mean, that's the kind of writer I was. I mean, we go to an area and I'd see I envision something and I'd be like. I wouldn't even tell. I mean, they just knew, like, if they weren't in the right position, it just wasn't going to happen. Right, you right, know? right, right. So people were like, hey, it was, it was fun, man. You know, and I, I and I, it's, it's just the kind of rider I was. You know, I wasn't looking to like, to, to, to really expose like what I was really all about. Like, you know, I mean, I wasn't like, okay, did you get that one? Let me see that angle. Let me see the camera. Oh no, no, that wasn't a good angle. Let me try it again. Like, it was like, fuck it. You know, yeah. you didn't get it. Let's do the. Ne- let's go to the next spot. Did you have any idea what, what the photos looked like before they came to the magazine or did you, or was like you open the magazine and you're like, Oh shit. I never knew what they were going to, uh, what they were going to print. I just knew like, Oh yeah, that was a good session. I, I, he, he must've got something good. Yeah. You know, do you have a favorite issue that you look at? Have you ever looked back at some of them? Um, Dude, is, it I, weird? is it weird? Is dude, it weird? You, you want to know what it was really all about for me, bro? Like yeah. in high school, man, right? I used to ride with this guy named Mike Tokamoto, dude, who was like rad, bro. I was in People Magazine and um, uh, doing a, a session uh, at, at Mike Tokamoto's house. Anybody that knows me in Redonda Beach knows who Mike Tokamoto is. He's like, like you know, one of my just all time good friends. And, you know, I used to like, <laughs> after school, bro, I used to race to the fucking Safeway. To like look at the next fucking freestyle magazine to be like, oh man, am I in it this year? Like, if I wasn't in, I'd be like, fuck, man, what the fuck happened? I'd be calling Spike, man, what the fuck happened, man? I'm not even, like, you don't even, you didn't give me like one little shot, man. What's up? No, right, right, right. Know? Yeah, it was just like it was just it was. I never really had like a favorite favorite issue because it was just always like, like, man, I hope I'm in this next issue. That'd be rad, you know? Right, right. And um, 
it's cool. It was just cool to see like my friends be like, Grasso, did you see the photograph of you this month? And I'm like, no, what, what, man, go get, get, get meet me in Safeway. Because <laughs> I never had money to buy the fucking magazine, right? Right. So we got all flipping through it and shit like that. And the fucking managers come up, man, you can't be looking. Are you going to buy the shit or what? <laughs> That's funny, dude. Well, if it makes if it makes you feel any better, we all did the same thing. But it, instead of it, pictures of us in it, we all just looked to see if like our letter that we sent yeah. to, you know, Andy yeah. or Lou made it, you know? Yeah. And that was cool because I used to read some of those letters, man, especially some of the club homeboy ones. And, you know, you just, you just envision like a kid in like, you know, mid Missouri, you know, or fucking Oklahoma or fucking wherever, you know, like right into the magazine. Like I wrote the skyway. It was like the same 100%. thing. Bro. You just, you just like, you wanted somebody like to like say hello, you know, like, yo, I'm dude, gonna, I, gonna... I love this sport, man. I love this sport, man. Yo, I'm here. You know, let me represent. I'm I'm going to go find my dude. I have a, I have a Velcro wallet from like sixth grade, dude. I'm going to go grab it and I'll show it to you. Cause it's the same thing. It's, it's a Velcro wallet and I'm sure it's got like Sharpie, uh, you know, it probably says blatant lofter of jive written in Sharpie. Yeah, that's all dude, let out, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So dude, um, I mean, we all experience that and, and it's funny cause earlier you thought it's, it, it's funny cause there's so many ways that, that like to hear about the sport affecting you the way it affected us too. So you know, you talked about like you you showed up to the Enchanted Ramp and you're like, God damn it, Matt Hoffman's here, you know, and that, that dude's doing like 50 foot errors and you're like, he's f- fucking 12, you know, and yeah. you're like, God damn it, right? <laughs> so imagine imagine my surprise, right? So here I am, like I've grown up, like my my goal in life was to do boomerangs better than Scotty Freeman because he was my age and that was yeah. the one that was like the one person I could I could follow, and uh, I'm friends with him now and it's that's kind of funny that like I always tell him like, dude. I, I'm pretty sure I did better boomerangs than you when I was 12. And he's like, I'm pretty sure you did too. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of funny, boomerang, dude. So, the boomerang was such a fun trick, though, man. It was like once you pulled it off, you're like, yo, I'm the shit. Dude, all of it, dude. The ankle one, the ankle buster, yep. the regular boomerangs, dude. Yeah, they were so fun. So yeah, I never got, um, I never did that. I never was able to do the ankle buster like Chris Day, but you know, I, 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 I was good at, I was good at those boomerangs for a while. The one I remember, dude, you landed on the top tube. You just jumped and you like did like a you don't see, remember the the uh the peter Gustin one where he would jump and he would land like just on the front of the top tube and yeah. then he would do the yeah. handstand so that yeah. was the boomerang you did you jumped and you landed on the top tube and flipped around and that was it that's what i remember that was the one you yeah. did when i but uh okay so so imagine right so i'm growing up and i started freestyling in the hopping era then it was the uh you know break and squeak era uh, and then in NorCal, we had Aaron Dull, Chris, uh, yeah. like Chris Roth, Carl Roth, yeah. uh, and, and McKee and all those guys. Yeah. Kevin um, Jones. Well, before th- I'm, I'm getting to that part, right. Cause yeah. like we got into the scuff movement and I was like, still into it. I'm like, this is, su- I could still do all this stuff. And then came Kevin Jones and whiplashes. And it was dude, like phenomenal writer, bro. Back in the day, I was just like, man, fuck this dude. I'm going to, what the fuck am I going to do now? as an amateur i did the same thing uh i can just tell you like that that feeling just transcended all the way through the sport bro like because i was like there's no way i can do that anymore and so i think what happened was we all got fed up at the same time and that's when we all started doing like wall rides and and riding street and and following suit with what like you were doing like um and it just made sense because if you really think about it dude you know, like if, if I, if I look back and I, I look at my, my, uh, you know, my writing, you know, there's only a couple things. Like I'm asking you questions that I've asked myself, you know, and I'm like, what are the moments I remember? I remember a specific wall ride 
um, on the on in, in Stockton on the wall uh, of an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting spot. They had a rad <laughs> bank wall. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I remember I remember a couple of boomerangs, and I remember a couple of tail whips, dude. And that's it. But you know, it's it's out of ten years to to, to think like, man, I remember specific moments, and it's you know a couple of different tricks that were the fun the fun ones, you know. Yeah. And so it's it's the same thing for all of us, man. We all just kind of went. And just started riding the way we wanted to ride, you know, and that's what we're doing now. And, and that's with, with these ride outs and these big bikes, dude, I think what happens is you have all these guys that grew up in the eighties and we have this passion for BMX bikes. And then we, we, you know, now we're adults and we have better paper routes. And so we can yeah. afford to buy that PK ripper that we always wanted as a kid. Yeah. And you know, you, we realize like, Hey, you don't have to just go to the bike shop and buy a mountain bike and a whole spandex outfit yeah. uh, to go and ride a bike. Now you can, you can ride one of these giant, big, uh, you know, big BMX bikes. And so that's, that's what got us all back on this. That's where I'm back, you know, and dude, I'm, I'm out on my PK Ripper doing tail whips. It's a big bike, but you can do, actually, I just got corrected a couple days ago. It's a foot jam tail whip now. Yeah. Um, tail whip, a tail whip is only a tail, a, an eighties tail whip is only a tail whip if it's done in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a foot jam. So yeah. I didn't know that, but, uh, you know, dude, it's, it's the same thing, man. And I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get you out there on one of those big bikes. Cause I know dude, after you know, 10 I'm minutes, Jones, bro, I literally, I literally, every time I see when I start, I start like convulsing, I have a panic attack. It's just like, I, I really do. It's like, it, it really affects me, man. Cause I'm like, yo dude, I just, I, dude, I'm speechless right now. Dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jones and like a fucking motherfucker right now for one of them bikes. We'll, we'll try we'll, to buy one, bro. I can't get one. We'll get you. We'll get you. Like someone will loan you a bike to go. At least loan you a bike to go and ride it on one of these ride outs, dude. And you're gonna have a blast. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be great. So, dude, I told you I'd keep you for an hour, and I kept you for an hour and forty minutes. So cool. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much, Craig, for hanging out and talking to us. Um, anytime, I, man. Anytime I, anyone wants to talk to me or anything like that, hit me up on Instagram or hit me up on, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger and. I'm uh, I'm accessible, you know. I, I love talking BMX. You know, I'm part of the old school brotherhood, and we have a sport that's like no other sport that, um, you know, will continue to just progress the way it is. And I'm just grateful to be a part of this podcast. I'm grateful to actually befriend Isaac and and what he's about. So if anybody's out there that uh, I can say I just got mad love for you, and I owe you guys everything for uh, allowing me to be myself, allowing me to to express myself and allow it to uh, influence people uh, the way I did. And I'm grateful that I was able to have an impact on the sport and uh, become somewhat of a legend status. I never thought it would be that way. Um, but Hey dude, thank you so much, man. And, and uh, you know, I, I can't wait to, to see you out there riding. I'm going to look you up next time I'm over in Vegas. It's not that far. Uh, yeah, I want to come, come ride with you. Man, definitely. We'll go for a ride. We'll hang out and, you know, and fucking, Take you to fucking one of the best Mexican restaurants you'll ever have. Fucking I'm some, down, some dude. Great, some great restaurants out here, man. I'm down. And uh, dude, will you come back on? Like, will you come back on when I have Craig and my my but my my Absolutely, usual Absolutely, man. I listen, man. I, I I think this is awesome. I've been wanting to you know show my face to the BMS community and and tell them how much love I got for the BMS community and and uh, any kind of old school uh, uh, anything anything to do with old school BMX. Uh, I, I'm here, man. Like I said, anybody can reach out to me. I'm accessible. I'm not like a, a Martin Aparillo or Eddie Fiola that's you know like like can't talk to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
But those yeah. guys are rad, bro. I love those guys. No disrespect to anybody out there. Like Eddie Fiola was one of my, like, seriously, like my my idols, man. You know, yeah. the, the yeah. one the one photograph that really got me, uh, really really into BMX and, and skate park riding was the Mike Dominguez photograph of doing the one footer, one hand, one footer at, at Bucket Whittier Skate Park on the cover of BMXA. Mike D, I love you, brother. Thank you for that, for letting see you know, start my career and Fred Blood and all the people out there that supported me. Dude, I've I've got a picture of uh Mike D's Trickstar. Like it's literally right here. Hold on. Look at this. So Hey, dude. Look at that. Yo, that's the bike, bro. Yep. So Bill Batchelor uh, was 13 years old, and he used to hang out at Upland and Pipeline. Yeah. And, uh, dude, he has – he was a kid taking pictures of kids, dude. So he has all these pictures that we we never saw. And so he just came out, dude. I bet you he probably has pictures of you somewhere yeah. um, that you don't even know about. I mean, dude, it's – He's got like all these crazy pictures from back in the day. Yeah, when Mike you know? D and Brian Blyther came up to me at Upland and were like, yo, dude, you're fucking the raddest little kid I've ever seen. Like, dude, you don't even know, bro. My, I was just like, I was in euphoria. And then when Brian let me borrow his bike to do the fucking five footer, I mean, the fucking 540 kick turn, and was like, yo, dude, ride my bike. I was just like, what? Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, it was so, it was like one of the best days of my life, bro. Did does he does he remember that? Did he remember that day? Like, remember because you told me earlier, like, hey man, I, I went to this party, and Brian Blyther was telling these crazy cop stories. Does he remember yeah. that? Does he remember yeah, you? I drove, was that, him, like, I drove him to the party, man. He was he was right next to me. We were driving down on the freeway, talking all kinds of crazy shit, and and uh, told me all kinds of well, just wild stuff. And and um, I told him about that, and he's like, Yo, Gross, I don't even remember that, dude. Like, I go, dude, it was such a long time ago. He goes, because I remember it because you had such an impact on me. You know, right. that it was like one of those 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 turning points in, in, in like my writing where it was like, yo, dude, these fucking guys are my idols and they're coming up to me telling me I'm red. Right. Like, I was like, dude, like, I I just didn't believe it. It was like, like I, dude, I was in euphoria, bro, for like a month, bro. I kept telling my dad, you don't even know, dude, my the people like the people I, I look up to, like the guy came up to him, let me ride his bike. And my dad's like, dude, dude, you're, you're fucking you're you're good. Like I've watched you ride, man. You're you're a good rider, man, for your age. You know, <laughs> it was just like, oh shit, my dad even thinks I'm good. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'm fucking. Let me adjust my fucking my collar here, man. I'm the shit. <laughs> you know, you know what Brian Blyther did to you. He basically, huh? he basically. I said, you know what Brian Blyther did to you. He basically wrote up to you and said, hey, what's your favorite trick? Yeah, exactly, dude. That's what he did. Yeah, man. One love, bro. Yep. So. So Grosso, man, thank you so much, man. And and just know, you know, there's there is nothing but love for you in BMX. We remember, we all we all grew up with you. We all evolved with you. Uh, I mean, we were all going through that that weird ass, you know, that that chapter in our life, man, of like, who am I? What am I about? I like, you know, do I like the music my parents like? Do I like the music I like? Do I like the music my friends like? Dude, we all went through that weird ass period together and you know you were pretty much the figurehead for all of us uh you know weirdo bmx kids you know like if we didn't fit into this this mold or this mold and and it's very clear what it was because yeah. any 80s movie will talk about the jocks the preps 
the goths, the rockers. It's that was, that was real, very, very real. And so dude, you were like the, you were the, the poster child in freestyle of how about we just be all of them in one, in one person. Why let's just look, I'm all of that. I'm all of it. You know, like I'm going to have dreadlocks, but I'm going to also wear a cardigan just to fuck you up, you know, yeah. so you can't put me somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and, and hey, so, I, got, so, I got one thing I want to uh, just say to people out there that um, they, I don't know if a, a lot of BMX people know, but I was a bicycle messenger in San Francisco for a number of years. And um, I had a lot of fun out there. And there's a documentary on the BM uh, on the on the bicycle messenger scene, which was like a society that not too many people are able to get into. It's a very tight knit uh, community of people. And uh, any bicycle messengers out there that are watching this, yo, man, one of the best days of my life uh, to, to be a bike messenger. And if you uh, want to see some really cool footage of Grasso and some rad people, uh, of me being a bike messenger uh, in San Francisco uh, on my BMX, it's uh, called Beast of Burden, San Francisco Bicycle Messenger Documentary. And part one and part two, you'll see some rad shit. So with that, I just wanted to get people uh, something to look at that was, you know, once I kind of left the Redondo Beach area, I was still rocking the BMX and still enjoying like what I love. Yeah. And you can find, you can find it on YouTube. You guys, I've, I've seen it. I've watched it. Uh, and I mean, bikes are bikes. And, and if you like bikes, you're going to like watching this. It's the same exact thing that we do. So Craig, thank you so much, man. We're going to have you back. Uh, when, when Craig is back from, uh, from vacation, but man, thank you again, dude, so much from the bottom of my heart, you know, one love everybody over and out, man.